Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and hashtag full squad because we got the biggest UFC event of the year to talk about. Got DJ Mark here. Hey. Got Lavender Gooms here. Hello. We got the again mobile Kid Presentable here. How you doing? As a uh, owner of Proper 12 Whiskey, I felt it only right that I come out of retirement to talk about the events to come. Hell yeah. Um, guys. I don't got to tell you what we're going to talk about on this show because the man is back. He's fighting this Saturday. Um, he's on. He's scheduled to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. I'm saying scheduled still because, God willing, this happens. Um, we're going to talk about UFC 229, which is somehow going to sell uh, 2.5 million pay-per-views. I'm skeptical because they lost Sugar Sean O'Malley. And, you know, he was going to carry the brunt of those, you know, pay-per-view buys, folks. At least point five. At least point five. point five. He was on Fox Sports One, but people were gonna buy the pay per view just so people, just so that the UFC knew. You know, they're gonna write when they pay the camera bill on their check in the memo line because of Sugar Sean. That's how this was gonna go. Um, yeah, tough. We lost that fight, but we got UFC two twenty nine. We got a surprisingly good card for uh, one where one guy is gonna take get paid ninety percent of the payroll. Um, we're gonna talk about that, and then we're also gonna talk about. Bellator 206, um, a.k.a. Bellator Musasi versus McDonald, because DJ Mark and I were there, uh, went there, saw almost the whole show, kind of, missed some post limbs, missed a few prelims, uh, give you our impressions from the event itself. Uh, our boy Lavender Gooms is going to tell us about watching it on DAZN up until the point he fell asleep. You know, we need a UK correspondent so they can tell us about how they didn't watch the main event and how they watched yeah, Peppa, I, watch Peppa Pig instead. I, <laughs> I got some I got some gripes uh, about the zone, so we can get to that later. Oh hell yeah! Um, yeah, and then uh, we got a little MMA history today. Good amount of history happened. A lot of dudes just getting their asses whooped, and the birth of maybe one of the most famous catchphrases in MMA history. Um, spoiler alert: involves GSP. Um, yeah, uh, let's get into it. This Saturday, coming to you from the T-Mobile Arena, which I can now say I've been to, and it is a very very nice arena. Um, UFC 229, Khabib Nurmagomedov defending his undisputed lightweight championship against the man who lost it without losing the fight. So maybe a little bit disputed. Um, former two weight UFC champion Conor McGregor. Um, this is it, man. This is the fight everybody's wanted for a long time. The styles matchup of all styles matchups. Connor's coming into this fight at plus 150, Khabib minus 160. I bet um, money's going to come in on Connor and he becomes a favorite momentarily Besides all the, before all the serious bettors show up and bet on Khabib. That's my prediction for this um, betting line. Um, I'm going to go first to our resident fight breakdowner. It's a technical title, DJ Mark. What do you think, man? Where are you going with this one? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's a really compelling and interesting fight. Um, we've been talking about it leading up to this fight for a while. Um, it's just the style of clash, cla- uh, the style, the clashes, the style that make this one so interesting. Um, obviously, Habib need. I mean, the whole game plan here is Habib has to get into the clinch without eating, you know, a left straight coming in. Um, if he can do that, I mean, I think he'll control the rest of whatever round that happens in. And I mean, I think if Habib can get Connor down early in the first and really work a, a grappling, I, I think that might be more than enough to kind of seal the rest of the fight. Whether Habib actually finishes Connor, I think is somewhat debatable because Habib is not necessarily a guy who is looking to finish when he gets you on the ground. He's really looking to ride you, um, you know, hit you with shots that aren't going to expose him to getting, you know, reversed or anything like that. He's very calculated in how he um, grapples guys. And really what he does the best is um, he's constantly moving, right? He's always going to be advancing position. And he, he'll he let Connor and his opponents build back to their base. He'll let them get back to their knees and even stand back up. But usually when he gets them back up, he already has their back and he's taking them down again. And this is all part of the process. And this is what really high-level great grapplers can do. They don't have to hold you down and just have you struggling on the bottom. They're going to make you move. They're going to make you work on the bottom because you're constantly going to be trying to defend things. You're going to Connor's going to have openings to get back up, and Habib will let him and lets his opponents get back up just to take him down again, just to get that whole process starting anew. And it's really just to wear down the opponent. Um, and, and that's been, you know, when you look at Connor and the things that he's not necessarily great at, you know, he doesn't have a great bottom game he's not very dangerous off his back um and his grappling is a little bit suspect i mean when it comes to the stand-up dude's golden he's probably one of the best in the sport but if habib can get in there and that's a big if um it's going to be a really tough uh fight for connor um but what i'm really interested in seeing is obviously king connor keep him on the outside can he use his footwork to not let habib go straight in and get him against the cage because i think once he gets him against the cage it's all the, the fight becomes increasingly difficult for connor what I'm also interested in seeing is that I think if Habib does take him down in the first round, I don't think he'll finish him. I think Connor knows his P's and Q's well enough to survive, but it's really going to be how does he maintain the stamina? What does he look like in the beginning of the second and third round standing? Does he still have the power? Does he still have the movement to put Habib in dangerous places? I think if Connor wins this fight in the second and third round, I'd be extremely impressed to, to know that he was able to withstand. Uh, the pressure and, and more so if he's able to actually if he gets taken down and he's able to withstand that barrage and come back and, and land a knockout punch i think that's the kind of um evolution that i want to see in connor if connor goes in there and he, he does a jose aldo and, and smokes him in the first 10 seconds it's super impressive he'll, he'll beaten a guy who's never been beaten before you can't take anything away but i wouldn't have learned much about connor i kind of want to see if connor gets pushed if, if connor does win I want to see him push and tested and have him come over that adversity because that, that's really where he has like the most his most spectacular fights in my opinion is Chad Mendez and is when he fought Nate because he was put in tough positions and in one of those fights with Nate he wasn't able to overcome and the second fight he was I, I want to see him push I want to see him tested if he's gonna win if he just wins with with a one big shot it, it'll be it'll still be very impressive and it'll be in Connor fashion but. I would like to see him tested and pushed and, and see really where, where his medal is. Because I think Connor could be one of the greats. He just needs to fight guys like Habib and get past him. So we'll see how it goes. I, I'm I'm going with Habib. Um, I think Connor has a great shot of winning this one early. But I think the smart money is if he can't get it done in that first round, um, and unless he can, he can keep his distance the whole time and he can keep this a stand-up fight, um, I just think Habib, as the fight goes on, he's going to have more in the gas tank. 
especially if he's able to implement grappling. I think he's really going to be able to tire Connor out. But um, yeah, I think the smart money's on Habib. But I mean, there's no you know there's no doubt in my mind that Connor can win this fight suddenly and viciously just about at any moment. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun one. Um, I got Connor McGregor inside of two rounds. Um, because not that I think less of Habib that it's going to end quick. It's just that's the likelihood of him putting him away is better earlier than late. Um, everything you said was true, though I think the I mean I don't think him getting his ass whipped for an entire first round would break him because Chad Mendez whooped his ass for an entire first round hard, and Connor had a torn knee when he was going through that, and he managed to come back from that. Granted, different fight, both guys going in compromise, but he's able to come back. We saw him come back against Nate. I got belief in that. Khabib's the man. Khabib has never lost. Um, I watched a lot of shit. I watched Dan Hardy break this fight down 45 different ways. Um, everything Mark said could go out there and happen. He could just get mauled for 25 minutes. But uh, Khabib gets hit, and Khabib doesn't really protect himself, which most uh, most of the analysts I was looking at seem to notice. He doesn't really protect himself when he comes in. He has he's willing to get hit to um to get to implement his game, which has been basically unstoppable. Um, that being said, Connor on the ground, he's not gonna tap you out. But uh, I remember watching his uh, technique breakdown after he well he was fighting neither Nate or Chad or one of these guys. He does a lot of fairly tricky shit on the ground. Throws a lot of X guard stuff up. Um, he's active on bottom. He's got a giant fucking head and a you know I don't see him getting knocked out necessarily. Let's put it that way. Um, he's got an incredible self belief that doesn't think make me think he's gonna break. Um, he's been here before. He's been in five round fights. Um, Khabib could maul him, but I, I'm not gonna doubt him. I'm, he, he's, his fights are generally not close, man. <laughs> like I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the list of people he beat. He beat Jose. I mean, Connor is one of the greats. Connor held two belts at the same time. I know he didn't defend him, but he did that shit. He knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 fucking seconds. That is, he knocked out Chad Mendez. He knocked out Dustin Poirier in three minutes. He beat Max Holloway. He beat El He made Eddie Alvarez look like an amateur. Khabib is awesome. He's never lost, but I'm not picking against Conor McGregor. So I got Conor McGregor getting the win here. Um, Stefan, we've covered a lot of ground here. What do you think, man? <laughs> um, Yeah, no, you guys, that was a nice way to start because you guys kind of took both sides of the coin, right? And I think we're all in agreement. It's it's very easy to see the outcome for both. Um, I wanted to pick last initially because I was just curious what everyone was going to take on this because I've been saying well, it for like two if, years. If you now. want, I can just go if you still want to go last. Oh, no, I mean, it doesn't make a difference now because we got to pick on each side. Um, my, my point was going to be that it, it's been for well over two years now. I said Habib would be the one who could who would who would stop Connor. He's just the unstoppable monster. But thinking that everyone might lean Habib, I also am of the belief that someone's got to fucking pick Connor. We all got to believe someone's got to believe in Connor because he's a guy that makes you want to believe in him. But um, that said, I'll stick to what I've been harping about for all these years. Um, you guys broke it down. I don't. We we both see the avenues to victory for both guys. Um, I'm going for the five round mauling. Uh, you know what? Habib will get a belt and he will foster in our new Russian overlords because that's the way shit's going is, these days. Stefan, is it is it bad that you had to say he gets a belt because he's champion already and none of us really think he's champion? 
Yeah, he, there's a lot of not champions. I want Tony Ferguson to also come out with a belt. Belts all around. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We talk about the UFC New York. It's a brilliant game plan by Diaz and Poirier. But yeah, so you're going to go with Khabib here. I, I, I begrudgingly welcome our new Russian overlords. Um, it's okay. They don't like him. He's Muslim. They, 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 the, 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 the guy in charge. Putin's not a fan. Um, Mike. Well, of course, of course, Mace, we don't think he's champion. He beat an 11th ranked real estate agent. I like the real estate agent. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't tell if that was Russian or English, but. I was trying really hard to not sound Jamaican with my Scottish accent. Okay. And okay. I just kind of got stuck somewhere in between. So not even Irish. The, the goal was Irish. Irish. <laughs> we, we ended up with Jamaican Scottish. Uh, but I think up until about a week ago, I was firmly in the camp that Habib was going to win. And then I rewatched the Michael Johnson fight. And for about the first four minutes of that fight, the fight was standing. Habib was doing a really stupid thing of trying to keep it standing. I don't know if he just thought that he could work out his uh, his stand-up in that fight, but Michael Johnson was able to wobble him, and then Habib started to take him down. If he tries that, that slick shit with Connor, he's going to get slept. And part of me thinks... He might be tentative to take him down at first. I don't know why, but I have a feeling that he's not going to go automatically for the takedown. If he was a smart man, he would be going for a high single or, you know, just die for the feet as soon as the fight starts. But I don't think he will. I think the first three to four, maybe three minutes of this fight are just going to be standing. And I think this is going to be an early night for Connor. I think he'll be able to get him within those first three minutes. I was watching a highlight of him from Cage Warriors where some guy tried to take him down. And Connor rode the fence pretty well and then gave him the, not the Travis Brown elbows. It was more of a hammer fist, though. He just bump, 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 bump. Dude's got dynamite in his fist. Does anybody want to consider, I mean, Stefan, you and I talk about this all the time, um, the moment, the pressure here, because I'm talking like not physical pressure, but like remember when we like we saw Alexis Davis fight Ronda and you could see it in her eyes. There was no, she was not there. A lot of these guys, I mean, the only people I think Connor's fought that I don't think what he was like, what he's like the moment or Connor's shit talking have gotten to them. I mean, it didn't seem to bother Nate, but literally everybody else, even Chad was like getting wobbled by that shit, you know, but like everybody else he gets to and the moment gets to them. Do you, th are you, what do you think about that with Habib? Uh, with Habib, not at all. Actually, this is one of those cases where not even a little bit, um, this is where I want to channel Part of my fandom of random marcos habib does not come from the greatest sector of the world dude's probably seen some shit in his life you know um with all the he was a little yeah. kid fighting bears that, that that was my thing when Bob was saying this like the dude when when you're five and it's like oh yeah why don't you go wrestle this wild bear <laughs> yeah i don't think he's gonna be shook too much Just my two sons. No, fair enough. It's a good point. I mean, it's what it's you know, it's, it's something to bring up though, because it is get gets to people. A lot of well, people I, these fights started. It looks like they're not like Eddie Alvarez did not look like he was ready to fight. Like I remember Eddie the, Alvarez looked like he was like not on this planet to look on his face. <laughs> on the inverse, one thing that I'm kind of concerned with Connor, and it's and, and I don't think it's it's ring rust, but um as we talk about this is a guy who's always been highly motivated, and he's a guy that's always had these high reaching goals, right? 
And now he kind of gotten everything that he was shooting for. And now it's just like, I, I, I don't see Connor being excited to reign over a division, right? His thing was always oh, he's gone. getting a belt, getting two belts, fighting Floyd. And then there was no, there was nothing after that. There was never, Connor never said, like, I want to decimate divisions. I mean, he did. I mean, he decimated uh, Featherweight. But it's just now, like, I kind of wonder where the motivation is. I mean, obviously, he has a kid, and I have to think that's kind of the motivation. But I'm not hearing the the old Connor where it's like, I'm doing, I got X, Y, and Z lined up. It's just kind of like. He did oh. go out there today and, li- and talk about X, Y, and Z. Did he? And well, yeah. where does this? Because I. Tyron, the- Tyron Woodley, George St. Pierre, Nate Diaz again. Those are okay. the three talking. He said he said Nate Diaz always has a rematch. Basically, he says because he beat me and I beat him and they always one and I owe one more than that. He said he's paying attention to Dustin and Nate. He's paying attention. He says quite frankly, he says I did not. He said because he's not confident Khabib's going to make it to the fight, which we haven't talked about really. But let's we're just assuming this shit's going to work out, okay? Um, which in fairness, when like Connor talks a lot of shit, but when he calls Khabib a pull-out merchant, you can't really argue with him. Um, and, but he said he's paying attention to the co-main event where he said at first, he says, when the fight got booked, I told myself if Khabib pulls out, I'm not going to fight anybody else. But he says, either of those guys, I'd probably be willing to fight on notice, on short notice, which, I mean, we'll see that actually. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen. But anyway, yeah, Mark, you make a good point though. I mean, this fight itself, it seems like he really, he wants to prove that he's still Conor McGregor is my impression of when he's talking. Like he's still the man. And... I think it bothers him that they took his titles and he beat the other guy who has his belt though. Like he beat Max like three zip with a torn ACL. So I think that one, I mean also cutting to 145 is a miserable experience for him. He wants to be the one to beat this guy and he wants to prove that he's the best 155 pounder. That's my impression at least. And after that, he's not going to defend this belt. It's clear. I mean, he's going to go after Tyron. That's what's going to happen. So. Well, as long as he has goals of that, I think he has a better chance. Because that was always one of my things. Just like, what is Connor after the Floyd? Yeah, because he was like, he's like, like I'm not doing it for. He says not, he made millions. That's and what now, he's like, saying. He's always not, a driving thing for him. He's like, I'm not doing Diaz it for money. Wins, uh, the fight, he fights one more time at like at lightweight. You you act like Nate Diaz isn't going to be the 165 pound champion, Mike. I'm that shit's going down. I'm I really think so. Um, I mean, they they should push it because wouldn't Connor just love to get 55, 65? And I don't 70? I don't get why this weight class isn't a fucking thing already because the sheer number of people they have at one seventy and one fifty five that are just there's two they have the best two divisions are right there they got sixty guys oh, who are probably more skilled than any the, heavyweight they have it's nuts in the UFC the lightweight and welterweight division each have over a hundred people on each of the divisions. Look, you can look at numbers most, like look at, whoever number 15 is in both those weight classes is a quality fucking fighter. And you cannot say that at heavyweight or light heavyweight. You know, it's not the case at flyweight either. I'm just saying. All right. Co-main event. We're going to need nearly as much analysis for all these. Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis. Tony Ferguson tore his shit apart. Um, and it seems like he's coming back real quick for a man who tore his shit. That was not that long ago, right? Am I mistaken? Wasn't that like in March or April or something? Uh, uh, yeah. And he's back like six months later before the fight, right? And he's back six days, six months. What, what did he tear? MCL, PCL? Which one is it? All them letters. He tore like he tore his shit bad. And I know Tony Ferguson's a freak of nature, but he tore his shit real bad. Okay. Um, Anthony Pettis, um, in my opinion, showed that he was still he can still be Anthony Pettis and had a hell of a comeback fight against Michael Chiesa. Ferguson's a huge favorite, again, for a man who tore his shit apart. Minus 360, Pettis plus 300. Stefan. 
Um, yeah, one of the things I wanted to point out about this fight that uh, entertained me, at least, it's not some technical stuff, it's just stuff on the side. Uh, you know how we like to call uh, Anthony Pettis Pretty Tony, even though it's not his official nickname, but we'll yeah. still go with some of them because we like them? Uh-huh. Uh, I've been noticing in comments sections, talking about this fight a lot lately, other people are aware of that nickname as well. Okay, I, well, I see a lot of people did- calling this man Ugly Tony. Well, okay, Pretty Tony is, God bless him, that came up again, that came from Ben Folks. So, there's not that we're some sort of fucking worldwide phenomenon with that shit. No, no, I'm not claiming credit for it, I'm just saying, it's an uncommon, it's one of the, it's not his official nickname, but one we love to roll with um, for him, but seeing a lot of people refer to Ferguson as Ugly Tony, and poor Tony, he's a little funny looking sometimes, but uh, that said, for everything you said is right. Anthony Pettis is he he proved me pretty wrong in his last fight. It's the first time he's looked like Showtime Pettis, really since he lost the belt. Even in his other decision wins, he got a, I think he got a submission over Charles Oliveira. It's either guys that you never really considered threats to the belt, and not necessarily that Kesa is. So I think that's kind of the big caveat. He looked great, but admittedly Kesa is like a back ten kind of gatekeeper to legitimacy in the division type fighter. Um, Ferguson, he's shown us he's among the best of the best, even compromised. Um, it's the thing Mark always says about him. It's the thing you guys mentioned about Connor. It's that unbelievable, unshakable, unbreakable, like strength of willpower. Like Ferguson's got that. He annihilated Kevin Lee, in my opinion. And Kevin Lee, we talk about 165. That sounds like the division that Kevin Lee should be reigning over. I think he could potentially. Kevin Lee would be one of the prime. Kevin candidates. Lee was doing okay, man. Champion up there. He was doing okay at first. The dude had staff infection. What do you want from okay, him, yeah, Stefan? He fell apart because he had a horrible, visible staff infection <laughs> on his body, and this fight went through. Okay, a lot of things happened. In that, fight. <laughs> that said, Tony Ferguson is so much heart, so much guts, and I mean Pettis could tag him. Tony is also hittable. That's why. That's why all these fights are compelling against Connor because his strength is the weakness of all these guys. But um, you know. Even though Khabib and Connor is the match of the millennium, so to speak, Tony Connor was the one that always would really light that fight fan fire in me, just due to a more comparable style, a more guarantee of action, I'd say. But um, that's that's what I'm hoping the collision course to be, because this is what we wanted from Connor. Is we we want him to, we want him to fight Khabib. I think we all want him to fight Tony too. Um, fair enough. Um, I'm picking Tony. But I don't think this is a good matchup for him um, necessarily because Anthony is really good, really well-rounded, and Anthony's very accurate. And Tony gets hit. when Like, Tony can get hit a lot. He's a very good chin. I don't think he's ever been put out, honestly. I'm trying to look. Yeah, he's never been put out. He's a very, very good chin. But Anthony's really accurate. Anthony has a really good guard. I know Tony's a, gr- a great grappler too, but Tony... Anthony's almost like a more like like a less creative version of Tony to me almost like a more reserved one. Um so I don't necessarily like that betting line. Uh, I think Tony's going to win as, but combined to like a like an injury with the fact that he's fighting somebody as technically sound as Anthony Pettis who seems like he's found his mojo again. Um and you know someone real aggressive like um like Tony if he's aggressive with the grappling probably works in Tony's favor if he's aggressive just striking in front of Anthony Pettis I'm not sure that's brilliant to be honest but I still got Tony I think he's still going to get the win here I don't think there's a scenario he's fighting Conor McGregor quite frankly I don't as much as I'd love to see it too Stefan I don't think there's any equation that that fight happens um but at minimum he can fight for the title after Conor vacates it if he wins or he can fight Khabib for the sixth time booking it uh Marcus what do you think (laughs) 
Um, I have Tony in this fight too. Um, and I, I think they they kind of nully, null each other in their ground technique. They're both extremely slick submission artists, but not necessarily guys that always look to take the fight to the ground. So I mean, I think it's going to be contested standing. And what and what I like is Tony's hands are really good. Anthony's for me has never really had great hands. He really gets it done with his kicks, and we've seen Tony fight some guys that have really dynamic kicking and a lot of power when you look at Barboza. And I think there was someone else he fought that had a pretty good kicking game too. I mean, obviously Anthony can get really creative, but I just think Tony's hands are going to be a little bit better on the stand-up. And I think what wins it out even over that is just dude's heart. Dude's Marcus, by the way, heart. we haven't brought this up yet. This fight's awesome. It, like, it's on fantastic. paper, this is an awesome fight. <laughs> it's fantastic, and it's great insurance for a main event, which, you know, we're so close, you know, knock on wood. Um, but if something did fall through, having Tony on the backup is great. And even if something happened to Abib and Tony, having Pettis even there too, which I think would be a bit of a rush to, to get him to fight Connor or something. But if things really went catastrophic, knowing that there's a lot of plan Bs and Cs out there, um, you know, at least, you know, gets me excited that this thing won't completely crumble in the next, you know, five days. Um, but yeah, I just, I think there's been so many fights where I'm like, man, Tony's busted, beaten up. Dude does not give. I've seen a lot of Anthony Pettis fights where it's not that he's he's getting beaten down. It's just like he's getting held down. And he's just like, I see it on his face. Like, I just don't got this. This isn't going my way. He mentally, I'm not saying he breaks. He just gives a little bit more. And Tony does not give. It doesn't matter if you've been beating this dude all night. He knows he can get that guillotine on you. He can get that darts on you. And and those kind of fighters are just the most scary. And, you know, we talk about Connor. It's like, I've seen Connor get hurt and do something foolish, right? He shot in on Nate. We knew the fight was done right there. Tony just doesn't have that. He doesn't. There's no part in him, even when he's beaten and bloodied, that there's any give that he can't win this fight still or that he's going to make a silly mistake because things aren't going his way. He knows what gets him to the dance. He knows how to win fights. And even when the odds are stacked against him, he pulls it through. Um, also, doesn't doesn't hurt to, to mention last like six fights, all fight of the night's. Got to fight a night. Yeah, this is this is gonna be awesome. Like, this is gonna be sick. This yeah, is this, gonna be awesome. This, this is this is what you're paying your fifty bucks for. The rest of the fights we're talking about is really icing on the cake. This is top dollar. This is what pay per views are supposed to be built on. Yeah, Mike, what do you think, man? Are you gonna make it a sweep, or do you think Pretty Tony is gonna look great at that post fight press conference? Well, he probably show up to that either way, but he's gonna look great as a victor. <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna say it's a clean sweep. The only way that Anthony Pettis, I think, would win is if he knocks Tony Ferguson out, and I don't see that happening. Uh, much how you guys have alluded to, uh, Tony Ferguson has absolutely no quit in him. I don't think Anthony Pettis has the firepower to be able to knock him out, and if that's the case, I don't think that Anthony Pettis will be able to wear him down in a, in a three-round fight either. So... I see Tony Tony Ferguson really dominating this fight. Maybe not getting the finish, but I think being able to pull away after the after the first round, second and third. Man, am I imagining that that uh, Anthony dropped Gilbert with a straight punch and then choked him? Did that not happen? Was that how Anthony won the how Anthony beat Gilbert Melendez? Or am I imagining this shit? Because I thought he is like he's not as good with he's much better with his feet. I agree with all of you guys, but. Oh, when he, Anthony being uh, I mean, I, I thought he dropped. I thought he dropped him with a punch, choked him out, like, and it I was like it was a one, on, like a takedown attempt. But I'm not sure. It's been a long. I really time. think he dropped him with a punch. I mean, he's not like he's not a one hitter quitter with the with the hands necessarily. But I think he's not. I mean, look, if he gets shit on dome, 
I don't care who you are. That that leg kick, that high kick he threw on Joe on Joe Lazan might still be the most perfectly like technique wise head kick ever. Just yeah, shins this is say Pettis doesn't have a shot in this. He totally no. does. This is this is a compelling fight because he's. Two guys have similar styles. Mm. I still think Pettis can totally win this fight. He can't, like, like I said, Bob, his kicks, if he pulls something crazy out or just a straight up, just a clean head kick can, can do it here. Um, I, I just, I, I don't see Tony getting caught with that. But, and even on the ground, I mean, we've seen Pettis so many times, especially fresh in the first round. Like, he can just pull stuff off early when there's not a lot of sweat. He can get those arm bars on your Bensons and stuff like that. So, yeah, you, you don't want to count them out. You, the, the the people listening shouldn't see us all go, oh, Tony, let me go put five grand on this dude. This is going to be a tough out, but it's definitely one that, I mean, if Anthony wins, ooh, his stock just skyrockets. I, I mean, I, I, I'm I enjoying the Tony Ferguson winning streak. I like Anthony Pettis quite a bit. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's – I'm still pissed we never got him and Aldo. We were so close to him and Aldo when they were both, like, awesome too. That would have been so cool. Um, if right. if I may interject to answer your question, it wasn't a liver kick or whatever into a submission. It was Gilbert Melendez shot a single. Um, Pettis was against the cage. Pettis drops into a guillotine attempt. Didn't and, he? Didn't he hit him and he dropped in for the takedown though? Like there was a strike that led to him. Didn't and he? He Gilbert got hit, but it wasn't like Gilbert was wobbled or anything. Okay, I thought I, I my memory. I mean, it was like four years ago, so that was my memory of it. Though was that like Gilbert got hit and got choked. Um, fair enough. All right, these next few fights, guys, make them quick. Um, we spent half an hour talking about two fights. Dominic Reyes OSP. Dominic Reyes is where I lost the odds. Minus two twenty five. OSP plus one eighty five. Um, OSP is oh, on. What? He loses last fight or something? Stefan at OSP loses last fight. <laughs> Uh, I am looking right now. He won his last fight against Tyson Pedro. Submission straight no. armbar. Mike, uh, Dominic Reyes is good. Dominic Reyes is good. He's 28 years old. We, um, it's time to get on board because he's 9-0, and and I'm taking Dominic Reyes because I saw him beat beat up Jared Cannonier. So, and that, that was quick, some quick fucking work. So, I'm, I'm going to gonna ride with this guy. I got him beating OSP because I don't I, – you guys know I don't think that highly of OSP. Stefan? <laughs> Um, yeah, Dominic Reyes, not just 9-0, he's finished eight of those nine fights. Um, he is the rare and elusive light heavyweight prospect. We need Dominic Reyes. Yeah, isn't that fucking all... Was that all Hassan guy, a light heavyweight or not? Who fought in a couple weeks ago or not? The Someone one who out. is now charged with... Raping two people, yeah, we lost that prospect. So uh, that guy <laughs> is gone. Yeah. Okay, anyway, Mike. You know, I think the UFC... Uh... Their last few prospects outside of the last guy you just mentioned, uh, they've started a hit on a lot of these guys that are starting to come up. You have your Tatiana Suarez, for example. Um, you know what? Last week, I rode Aaron Pico. Uh, to a win. I'm going to go down much like you, Bobby. Eh, I'm just kind of um, ambivalent towards OSP. He's won four or five in fairness to the man. Mark, um, what do you think, man? Me. OSP or the young cat? Um, I'm going with OSP, and it's mostly um, I recognize that um, Dominic Reyes, his record's outstanding. Like Steph said, not only just all wins, but all knockouts. Um, can totally get it done with OSP. OSP is just a weird wild card, and without being super familiar with Dominic, I'm just going to go with the standby because 
I think standing, uh, that's going to be a tough fight for OSP. But we know that he has a weird wrestling regiment that sometimes he uses to, to good success. Maybe we get another, uh, no, what are they calling it now? Not, not Von Pru? The Von, Von Pru. Pru. Yeah, maybe we get one of those. But I, I think for the health of the, the division, I mean, they need a guy who's under 30 that's really tearing it up at light heavyweight. Dominic could be that guy. Um, a win over OSP puts him in that picture really big. And that's what kind of I'm looking for here. I don't know much about this guy. I don't even know if I've seen him fight. So this is going to be, he's got my eyes, you know, now it's time to impress. This is the spotlight's going to be on him on this huge card. The fight leading up to two of the best fights of the card. This is where he can really get on some people's radar, including mine. So I hope he can pull it through and look impressive, but just for comfort's sake, because I'm familiar with OSP, I'm going to go with him. Um, that's all of us, right? Do you go, Steph? Uh, yeah, yeah, I took the race. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Um, Derek Lewis versus Alexander Volkov. Shit. Black Beast in this hoe. Swanging and banging. I got Derek Lewis. I know he's the underdog. Plus 155. Um, he's coming off of maybe the worst heavyweight fight. That's not fair. There's been a lot of bad heavyweight fights. A very bad heavyweight fight. With, it's, it's up there. It's with in the Ligano. Man's got a bad back, which I don't like. Look. People should probably pick Alexander Volkov. He's on a six-fight winning streak. He was not beating Fabrizio Verdum before he got knocked out, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going Black Beast, man. I'm I, I think he's gonna get the win here, Mark. Um, I am going with uh, Alexander. Um, I haven't really seen him in the UFC that much. I mostly remember him in Bellator, which his stint there wasn't really great. Um, but what I always remembered of him, he's a very technical kind of tall guy and I think that kind of style a guy who's very technical who really knows his P's and Q's um you know in the clinch all around um could give a guy like uh Derek Lewis some trouble and I think like you mentioned before you know that last fight left a bad taste in your mouth and it was because of an injury that doesn't really go away back injuries don't really just heal you just fuse more vertebrae together so you can't bend over so I feel like that's kind of tough. And, and and I'm just more, again, feeling more comfortable with Alexander, just being able to get it done on a technical standpoint, um, you know, staying on the outside. And when Derek starts throwing the, the bolo punches, get in the clinch, control it there, get a decision here. Stefan? Um, agreed. I'm taking Volkov. Like, you guys said with the back stuff, Derek Lewis doesn't strike me as someone who's in the hyperbaric chamber getting the top-of-the-line treatment for these back ailments. Hey, Derek Lewis is on Instagram giving you guys those spicy memes. All right, that's what Derek so, Lewis is doing, okay? It's just that. You know, Derek Lewis is a fun guy, but um, what does that say about Volkov? Uh, you know, Francis Naganu excluded. Derek Lewis, he mostly beats up a lot of the big, fat heavyweights. Uh, Volkov is a big but not fat heavyweight. He's still young. And whether he was winning the fight or not, that knockout over Verdum, it's, it's still a feather in the cap. Verdum is very wily and crafty on the feet standing himself. So, um, yeah, I just kind of expect him to out-technical him, maybe, you know, hurt him with a nice straight or something. Uh, Mike? As a man who deals with back problems himself and knows just how much you got to stretch and, frankly, how much yoga you have to do to try to keep it supple and not hurting as much, Derek Lewis does not strike me as the type that does either of those things. And much like you guys have alluded to, those things do not go away, especially when you are a professional fighter who's twisting, kicking, and probably having to do a lot of jujitsu and wrestling. That does not leave a lot of time for you to heal your, your back. And sadly, I think that these back problems are 
gonna cut short what seemed to be a very promising career for Derek Lewis before these back problems really started flaring up. He seemed like he was really on the come up. And the last few fights, he hasn't looked the same. And I don't think this fight's going to be any different. He really likes those paychecks. And he should probably take a year to really let his back heal. Derek Lewis has a much better record than anybody probably remembers if they haven't looked at it recently. He's won eight of nine. He showed up in the... He's 11 and three at heavyweight in the UFC, which is... That's like really hard, man. In this weight but class, that's winning, nuts. Winning and looking good in those fights is, are two different things. Yeah, Derek Lewis going to win, guys. Give us a really exhausted speech. It's going to be great afterwards. All right. Jesus Christ. How are we have as much analysis for these fights? Um, Michelle Watterson, Felice Herring. Mich Michelle Watterson minus or plus, plus 110. Felice Herring minus 130. I think Michelle Watterson is getting dicked here on the um, betting lines here. I think she's the better fighter. I know Felice is bigger than her. Everybody's bigger than Michelle Watterson. I got karate hottie. Stefan? Bobby's picking it with confidence. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I, I don't get this, personally. I get yeah. it entirely. I'm picking her out of obligation. Mm -hmm. She is a natural atom weight. Um, Felice has always been a... One thing she always had, she was always a solid grappler, and she's refined it. Um, she had her way with Alexa Grasso, who I, in general, think has better takedown defense than Michelle Watterson does, just because she's more natural to the weight class. Um, Michelle works hard. I, I love her, but and I'm picking her, because, like I said, I'm always going to roll uh, with Michelle Watterson, but I'm not confident at her in this at all. Um, I, do, I, I will not be in the slightest bit if uh, Felice controls her for three rounds. Felice Herring is getting choked out. You guys just write that down on a piece of paper right now. That shit's happening. Mike. <laughs> I will remember to come back to that statement by you when Felice Herrig wins. Rear naked week. choke. I think that Felice Herrig is going to be able to control this fight. Um, Michelle Watterson is tiny for the division, which is really saying something considering this is 100. Felice Herrig is one inch taller than her. Come on. She's got a little bit of weight on her, but okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Felice Herrig, she's really improved in the last two years. Um, she's not the fighter that she was when she came out of the Ultimate Fighter, and I think that she's Michelle Watterson isn't going to be able to keep Felice from getting into the clinch with her, and I don't think that Felice will be able to finish Michelle Watterson, but I think she'll be able to control it for three rounds and get the unanimous. Marcus. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have to disagree with you, Bobby. Not, not some, I mean, actually, I mean on all fronts, but really that this is like, a clear, I, think, I think, okay, it's not fights, clear, man. I'm just picking of, Michelle Waters. All the fights that we're picking, this is the hardest one. I think they're the most evenly matched. Um, their strengths kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways. Um, I am going with Felice. Uh, I do think the weight is going to be a bit of a factor. Um, and, and like you guys kind of mentioned before, Felice has been kind of on a hot run, even though she lost her last fight to uh, Carolina. Carolina is kind of one of those top women in the division. So I think losing a split to her doesn't really hurt her stock that much. I think Felice is just kind of like what we mentioned, has kind of turned a corner. And I, I think Watterson's a great fighter too. And I think she, she absolutely can win this fight, Bob. I think she can get Felice's back and get a choke in or something. I just don't see it happening. I think it's a really tough fight to call. I think it's super close. Um, but I do think the, the weight advantage is just going to be just enough uh, of an advantage for Herring to, to get the win here. 
Man takes a stand. Everybody gets offended. No, this is a close fight. I just think Michelle's gonna get it done. I think. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very big Michelle Watterson mark, and I don't feel confident about that. I'm not. I'm not rolling you, with the confidence. You, you, you heard as a man who is a lifelong wrestling fan who's still using the word mark makes me happy. Everybody should use the word mark. Um. All right. This should be on the fucking pay per view. But why would we care about flyweights? Uh, Sergio Pettis, Juicy Formiga, coming into this fight. This one is mark probably as close as the women's fight. These guys are very well matched here. Um, I've been waving the Sergio Pettis is legit flag for a while. Quite frankly, he should already get a title shot because he beat Joseph Benavidez. That's my rule at this weight class. You beat Joseph Benavidez, I don't care if you have to pay the judges. You deserve a title shot. Um, what's the betting line? Minus 155 for one of them? Uh, buh, 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 buh. Minus Pettis. 155, Pettis as the slight favorite with a plus 135 slight underdog to Juicy Formiga. So, guys, this is where Juicy Formiga loses fights. This is the fight. This is when he loses what you wonder. This guy we've known about. Like, there's very few flyweights we're aware of that, is not, that have not fought Demetrius Johnson, if you think about it. Like, this guy's been like, this guy's got like 12 UFC fights. All right? Okay? Um, there's a reason he hasn't fought for a belt. This is the fight he loses. He is going to lose this fight. Sergio Pettis. I mean, I think. I got Sergio Pettis. He's basically Anthony Pettis with no power. Or finishing ability in general. But he's a very good technical striker, and I think he's going to dance around Jussier. And unless Jussier gets him on the ground with some wrestling, I don't think... I don't think he's going to get... The, I don't think Pettis is going to have a terrible, terribly difficult time picking him apart on the feet. Stefan? Um, yeah. Uh, you can mark this down. This is. I think this is probably the first time maybe since he showed up, that I will positively pick Sergio Pettis. Oh, fuck. One, now he's going to lose. I've been God one of his it. biggest naysayers, and he's he's improved. Um, it's the perfect storm, Bobby, because uh, Formiga, if I were to give that man a medal, it would be the Pyrite medal, also more commonly known as Fool's Gold, because that's what this guy's whole career it looks like to me. I heard about him loud and proud when this division was forming. This was the big guy outside of the UFC who was going to be the big signing. And when he fights lesser competition, he devastates them. But when he fights anyone worth a damn that actually would contend for a title, boy, does he get decimated the other direction. Um, Formiga has such an amazing record and reputation, yet I never feel excited about his fights. Um I'm gonna pick Ben Wynn against him, honestly, and that's saying something. Ben Wynn's a good fighter and all, but but like he's I said, like, when you look at his losses, his say Hudos, Borgs, uh, McCall, Dots, and Benavidez. Again, they're all title contenders, but it's just that what that distance is. Um, like you know, he might be number four or five, but that distance to number three, two, one seems like a giant gulf. Um, and Sergio's getting better. Formiga, I just. He's now he's the one who needs to prove it. I I can't I don't believe that he can actually jump that gap. Mark. Yeah, if it wasn't for Sergio's last win over Benavides, I probably would go with uh, Formiga in this one. And I agree with um, everything Steph was saying about Formiga, except for the part where you don't understand why this guy's not excited because this guy's never been an exciting fighter. Um, you know, and I remember I think the first time he fought, we watched one of his fights, and I was like. This dude, like, he's going to clinch. He's going to stand with you for a minute. He's going to clinch with you for a minute. He's going to get a trip takedown. He's going to control the top. 
he's going to rinse repeat that for two more rounds to get a decision. He's very Hatsuhioki, like yes. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's that. That's who I we actually watched, and I basically used the same strategy there. Um, to his credit, though, he has finished his last two fights, which I think is a marked improvement over him just kind of controlling guys. Um, I think it, it's going to be a tough fight for Sergio. I don't think it's going to be a, a walk in the park. He's going to have to keep it standing because it's very easy to lose rounds against this guy. You know, you're running around, you're throwing strikes, you're doing well. Next thing you know, you're clinched up against the cage. Okay, I'm doing all right here. Then you're on your back. Next thing you know, it the round's over, and it's like, fuck, did I just lose that round? I kicked him a bunch, but I fucking think I lost that round. And that that's how he wins fights. Like, he, he he's going to get marked up standing up, but if he can get Pettis to the ground and control him, he can steal rounds. He could steal this fight away from him. I, I think Sergio, he's really improved a lot. I'm banking on that, but you can't sleep on Formiga. You might sleep on the performance, but you can't sleep on his ability to kind of lull guys into this. I'm doing good. Okay, I'm clinched. Fuck, I got taken down. Did I lose that round? And that happens three times and you lose the fight. So it's definitely in the realm of possibility, but I'm banking on Pettis kind of turning that corner just like I was talking about with Herring and just becoming the the, the top-tier fighter that we thought they might become. Mike? There's an old Milwaukee curse that if two Pettises fight on one card, you have to pick at least one of them. That's not how it, Pettis, how it works, actually, but okay. <laughs> I think the Milwaukee curse is when one of them loses, the other one loses. <laughs> but go, I think that's when he lost his belt. Sergio got knocked out earlier in the evening. But Mike, go ahead. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> uh, according to this new curse I heard about, you, you gotta make sure to pick one of the Pettises. So I'm picking Sergio. Guys, He's only minus 155. Somebody should have picked the other motherfucker, okay? Seriously. All right, we've spent almost 50 minutes picking two, picking these fucking fights. So the Isn't rest of this, this the card of the year? It is card of the year. We're going to get into the more stuff. it not deserve our attention? It's got Conor motherfucking McGregor, the, the grand runner-up to the Mayweather Derby. That's right. And then we're going to watch it. Of that fight. Ooh, that sounded good. No, it was, it was not good. That sounded good. It was not good. Um... Uh, other stuff that's happening. Um, this dawned on me the other day, and I feel the need to share my rant that I gave the boys here via WhatsApp. I'll share it to you guys here. Um, Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier, but Nate Diaz especially, has the UFC by the balls. Um, they don't have a main event for New York. Um, quite frankly, they think they can probably get away with Nate being in a five-round fight with Dustin and just making that the main event. And sure, they probably could. That would do... Fine on pay-per-view, probably better than most, almost all their shows because Nate's that big of a deal. Nate, we all know Nate's not going to fight two more rounds for free, right? So Nate wants to get paid. In the meantime, him and Dustin are just inventing a division. And they're doing the shit the UFC does, which is they just announce stuff on social media and put public pressure on, pressure on fighters to accept it. But in this case, these guys announced a weight class that I think pretty much, I read across the board, Pretty much everybody's okay with. And some of that might be the result of like, there's who gives a shit about these belts anyway. But this is literally a weight class where it kind of makes the most sense for them to create. Um, given the depth of talent they have at 170, 155, and 140. I mean, not 145, but really easily, you tell Tyron Woodley, you, you, don't, you don't have to cut five more pounds. He'd be pretty happy to move up to 175. And 165 pound would have a 15 person deep weight class. Full of people we know. So everybody seems to be on board. And I think it's going to happen. That's just my two cents. I think that is going to be a title fight. 
in New York in four weeks. Because weirder shit has happened. They're fucking almost gave Yoel Romero and Gustafson a title fight. So why not this? Stefan, you got an opinion? <laughs> um, hey, you kind of hit it. Is I personally probably I I wasn't clamoring for an extra division. Um, to be honest, I just don't think the star power is broad enough to be we with our recognizable names, but I don't know, your champion, I expect you to be able to carry a division somewhat, so to speak. So I wasn't clamoring for it, but I'm why I wouldn't be against it for like you said, everyone's a fucking champion nowadays. These interim titles that come, they go, they get stripped without ever being defended. All these they they've it, going way back to um friggin' uh who was it? Holly Holm and the one who just vacated and is the worst title reign ever. Uh, what's her name? Jermaine. Jermaine. Jermaine Durant. I mean, like back, back, going back then. I'm like all the, the fake belts and everything. That's where it's. That's where the big karmic, you know, collision came in for me. So I'm not complaining. Give him a belt. We like the Diaz brothers. We like Poirier. Let's get those boys more money. Whatever. To be clear, Nate doesn't give a fuck about a belt. We all know it, right? Like Correct. Nate wants Nate Nate wants a zero, another zero at the end of that paycheck, whatever it is. I mean, if we're just going to talk about things in the news right now, this is a dumb, pointless headline. But this is why I love this guy, and God bless him. Since we're talking about the Diaz brother, let's mention the other one, Nick Diaz on Khabib McGregor fight. I'll beat both their asses. <laughs> what do you think's going to win between Khabib and Connor? <laughs> This is why we love this man. Oh God, God bless he, the Diaz brothers. He's got to come back, man. Okay, um, we're gonna run through MMA history incredibly quickly, and um, this past so we got a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, we got uh, do- 2011 October 1st, Dominic Cruz beat Mighty Mouse, and that was the last time and only time UFC ran a card in Washington D.C. That was an awesome fight. Mighty Mouse was doing really well. Steph, I think I might have watched this with you. Because we were kept wondering why he was throwing kicks because Dom kept taking him down at will whenever he throw a kick. And everything else, though, was going really well for him on the feet, especially since Dominic broke his hand. And a fight that, quite frankly, ages really well, I think, given how good we, how highly we think of both of them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't know, like, you know, Dominic was just about to begin his run of utter dominance of the division. And then when you go back in the history of the time, that was probably one of his most competitive fights until he actually lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Connor knocked out uh, Dustin Poirier in about three minutes uh, four years ago, September 27, 2014. Marcus, September 26, 2003. Randy Couture whooped Tito Ortiz's ass for five rounds and spanked him while doing it. <laughs> he became Captain America before the Marvel movies really utilized that character a lot better. Uh, yeah, that, that was a fantastic performance i think was the tito fight before chuck i think it was i think that no, was i think he, he got the fight because because he beat chuck he, he beat chuck yeah yeah, yeah i think you're right i think chuck was the first one and then he got the the tito fight it was a fantastic fight you know randy just looked so great at 205 and we thought his career was basically over because he couldn't hang at heavyweight anymore um what a fantastic fight did it go randy beats chuck gets a title shot and beats tito and then tito fights chuck I think so. And then, yeah. and then Chuck fights yeah, Randy was, for the belt. I think it was forty-three was Chuck, forty-four was Tito, and I think forty-seven is where Chuck and Tito fought each other. So Chuck fought T- Chuck taught, fought Tito first, then he fought Randy yeah. for the second time because yeah. he fought mm-hmm. uh, before he got the, then he got the belt from Randy mm-hmm. and defended it against Randy in the third fight. Uh, yep. There we go. Light heavyweight man. That was the only weight class you needed to care about back in the day, maybe. And of course, 
2004, September 23. Matt Hughes beat up beat up BJ Penn. But when it was over, Mike, a certain person wasn't impressed. Was it Conor McGregor? No, I'm kidding. It was GSP. Yep, that's right. George St. Pierre told Matt, I am not impressed with your performance. And that was wonderful. It was just, it sticks with him today. It's the GSP catchphrase. I mean, I don't know if there's anything comparable to that, Steph. My other one, I mean, I got, I'm trying, like, I, us personally, we like, it is a strategy, but that I don't is, know what. That I, is exactly what I had in mind. Oh, sorry. I still hear uh, that. Dinosaurs and violence. That's true. He says he miss it. He loves uh, the women, dinosaurs, and the violence of the octagon. Those are his three. That, that's a, that was like his Conan speech. You know, you guys have seen Conan. This will make more sense. Um, all right. Should we do 20 questions? Very quickly. And is it possible to do this one quickly, Marcus? <laughs> if you ask the right questions, they're all can be done very All right, quickly. let's go. Um, is it a dude? Uh, no. So this will go very quickly. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Is she Brazilian? No. Is she active? No. Has this person held a championship in Strikeforce Bellator or the UFC? Yes. Bobby, with this one, you got to narrow it down. Like the way we yeah, that's a good point. pride from UFC. Why did you lump all those in together? That's I think the, I, I I think the answer. I, got, I, wanna I say, got a good question. I got a good question. I know what the question is. Go ahead, Mike. Does she have breast implants? God, I knew he was going to ask it. <laughs> it was <laughs> not even a fucking question. In there was no, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> no official documents, but word on the street. Yes. Okay, is it Misha Tate? Is it's it Misha Tate. It's Misha yes, Tate, yeah. It How quick? I thought it was Misha Tate the second. Is she active? The answer was no. I'm like, oh, okay, it's fucking Misha Tate. And when Mike's like, he has a question, he has this fucking grin on his face. I'm like, Mike's going to ask about fake boobs. Here it comes. Mike's going to ask about fake boobs. You got it. Um, all right. Um, Bellator 206. Of, uh, sp- speaking of Silicon, uh, big uh, shout out to Paige Van Zandt getting married this weekend. Mike. Real way to go, buddy. What a way to compliment a woman. On wait a my god, Jesus Christ! What a way to compliment a woman on her wedding. Yes, man, I was gonna say we had some good fights in the Silicon Valley, but he went a different direction. Mike, I mean, Stefan, this guy's in a happy relationship with his boob talk. You and me out here, which we're doing it wrong, apparently. Got to talk about fake boobs. That's the way it goes. Um. All right. Uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Bellator two hundred six coming to you from the SAP Center in San Jose. Bellator's debut on the zone, which I got a problem with that name, is because it's D A Z N, and the duh, you got duh in there. You're just adding letters to get to the zone. All right, that's not okay. Um, headliner: Gegard Mousasi, Rory McDonald. Um, I was honestly impressed with the ovation Mousasi got. There was a lot of Armenians in the building. We those flags went up. Mark, Mark, I was a little surprised. Were you surprised with that too? Like how quickly? Dude, like I've been yeah. watching Gegard for. I never thought in my wild yeah. dream <laughs> I would ever be in an arena where there was a Musasi. Musasi. People. This is this is an alternate alternate dimension because Trump's president and we just had a crowd chanting Musash. Literally, never in my wildest dreams. Stefan, it was the equivalent of Kung Lee fighting in San Jose. Almost, it it was Iranian. He's born in Iran, but he's Armenian. There's a lot of uh, Armenians born in uh, Iran. So he speaks Farsi too. Um, But yeah, people lost their shit when Gegard came out. That was awesome, and then he won, and it was awesome. that I'm good. I'm, we're not going to go through all the fights necessarily, but just so my like, 
some things worth pointing out. I'll give mine um, first. Gegard Musasi beat the shit out of Rory McDonald. That fight wasn't close. Um, he was bigger than him. I'm not sure that's why he won necessarily, but that jab was on point. Rory couldn't do anything about it. That jab was in his face the entire fight. Rory went for um, a Minari roll, it looked like. I yeah. call those all. I always call it an Imanari roll. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't him. know any other name. Yeah, but he looked and like, and then uh, Gegard got on top, and I was like, "Well, he's gonna get his ass beat now," and he just got pounded out. I don't know if his nose is broken. Rory said himself, "He looked. He was not there. Like he said, he didn't show up to fight. It was not a good look. He got his ass whooped. Gegard looked great. Um, uh, that was awesome, Marcus." Um, Co-main event, though. that was, We had some fun there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really top to bottom, we'll get to the one fight that wasn't great. This was a really fun card on paper that delivered. Um, and this fight, Jackson versus Silva, four, was a big part of it. And, you know, we, we, we you made the joke, the age in the cage um, before. We, we've talked a lot about Bellator getting a lot of these guys over the hill. And, I mean, in a lot of those conversations, it has been Jackson and King Mo, but... These are two guys that you can keep slotting in. The way they fight, the way they fight each other, it's always going to be a barn burner. Like the first time they fought, the second, and even the third time, it's always an entertaining scrap. And these are just the best rivals for each other. And uh, obviously at heavyweight, this fight really favored Quentin Jackson. I mean, Vanderlei with his career has kind of gone the opposite direction where he was trying to make 185. Obviously, at his age now, he can't really make it, but he doesn't really belong at heavyweight. That This division is just not for him. Um, Jackson, you know, making it at, what was it, 255? Like, honestly, Quentin needs to come in at like 240 at the most or 235, right? That was not great luck. I mean, he performed well. He didn't get tired in this fight, so I can't knock, you know, the weight, but he just, he was so much bigger than Vanderlei. And you can tell, dude's punching power hasn't, you know left him at all and these guys just got an award there was there wasn't a ton of exchanges you know these guys are both past 40 at this point so we're not going to see the barn burner like we saw in the first two fights but when these guys exchange and this is what i think everyone was looking forward to you knew that these guys were going to exchange that they would get in the pocket and let it go and only one of them was going to survive that kind of encounter and you know i think the smart money was on jackson he just he's always had the stronger hands he's had the better hands Vanderlei in the two fights he won it's because he was able to utilize all his skills his tie clinch came in heavy in both fights you look at Vanderlei now it's like man I'm surprised this guy can throw a high kick that like he can do it a, a, a tie clinch knee like he could before um, but it was a fantastic fight Vanderlei got his licks in he hurt Jackson a couple times but Jackson was able to constantly walk him down against the cage where he was able to I mean really at this point Jackson only throws punches when he's in the pocket so he has to walk you down to the cage he has to negate that that space by basically blocking you in and um you know he was able to find that right hand a couple times uh, on vanderlei and that was ultimately the punch that that put it away and it was it was one of those endings that was good too like vanderlei obviously got rocked and hurt but he didn't go flat out you know he didn't go unconscious he got dropped uh rampage flurried on him got some good punches in and the fight was over yeah he, i mean marcus i was also like i mean like the end of that fight i mean i'm not some sort of fight genius but i literally said to you quinn's gonna throw that right hand and then he did. That was the end. Of, like it was just like, oh, here comes the right hand, and then that's the end of the fight. Um, the crowd loved it, and Quentin is weird. I was telling you this when we were there. Of all these old guys, Quentin's chin is still there, and you almost get the feeling you're like, if Quentin got in shape, how like what is he really? If he was actually like 
in good shape in these fights. Like, he's not Quentin Jackson anymore. Though it was so cool for him. Like, he came out with the chain and howled. Like, look, Rampage isn't Rampage anymore, but that made me so happy. Like, I was grinning like I was, like, a kid again. Like, seeing Rampage. I'm happy I saw him fight. But I just, like, he said he wants the heavyweight title. He said, I want the heavyweight title. I want the winner of the heavyweight tournament. He also said the 30 grand he owes Chael was spent on strippers. That's which he says. He says, I'm not, he says, I'm not a pervert. I don't get lap dances. But I do like to make it rain. But he said he spent uh, $10,000. Like, hey, hey, Jackson, here's a little making it rain trip from a guy who doesn't like strip clubs and does not go to them. You get to decide the amount the bills are when you make it rain. So instead of, I don't know, dropping hundred dollar bills just put some singles out yeah there. that is that is a world champion quentin jackson he's got a reputation elias theodoro said i can vouch for this story because i've been to the strip club with quentin and that is a light night if he spends ten thousand in one night on it okay like that's it's just easy money i guess yeah exactly money. how fat are those bellator checks that he's still dropping it like that i don't i mean quentin's i don't know you, you, pay you back ask after. that as if he's doing this with a conscious financial plan. Like he's like, I can afford to budget this. <laughs> well, he, I remember he, he actually more credit financially than he probably deserves. Well, he was complaining. I remember about what the UFC paid him at the end there. And Dana, the only times they ever did that, he publicly announced that Quentin Jackson had made sixteen point eight million dollars. That was the number he gave. And that time he had he was I was through like ten UFC fights, ten or eleven UFC fights. And I don't know Quentin's got kids though, so. What, you know, we got alimony. Money goes places. So no, he's just we'll not see. a guy that's ever been financial. He just bet Chill $10,000 a takedown. He knew that fat ass was getting taken down. So <laughs> let's not pretend like this guy's a financial genius. He's been working the market. Um, they're going to they're they're, they're, they're run it back. He's a genius in that he bet that money and he's not paying it. Uh, he said that he said he says he doesn't understand how this is a bet if Chael didn't put anything up. Which I'm like, Quinn, that just sounds like you're bad at making bets. Like, that's like what you just say, like, you know. Just put it out there. You like you called your shot. It didn't work out. Um, they want to run it back a fifth time, which was funny when they were at talking. Because the microphone wasn't on him, but Vanley was saying like one more time, and then he acted like he was gonna like was he like he kind of like shot on or like was he shot on him or like no no it was, it was historical oh, yeah. their first fight when they got face to face vanderlei shoved him in the chest really hard and he played that he kind of gave him a mocking shove in the chest like a callback a very you know a deep cut callback to the old pride days much appreciated quentin did say he really wanted to get him with the knees like he was he had him in the clinch for a moment he tried and everybody yeah. everybody in the arena knew it they're like oh my god rampage is going for the knees to put him out it was just a good time man it was a lot of fun um some other uh, koreshkov and lima was a stinker and i'm not sure how mike how that aired on tv in terms of how much of a stinker because the rest of the card was actually pretty good but there was like the crowd turned on this fight pretty quickly and once a crowd turns on a fight it's not like light, light, like light striking is gonna bring them back. Like some nutty shit has to happen. Well, let me just tell you how it played out for me when I was watching it um, with my laptop on my chair and me in my bed. I fell asleep during it. Yeah, fair That's enough. Understandable, given the I time and excitement level of. Honestly, that. like I went in there I with picking Koresh. I I don't know if it was the time it was already, and I'm old, or if it was the fight. Maybe it was a combination of the two. Um, Koreshkov went in with the same strategy he had in the first matchup with Lima, which was grappling heavy, which it appears that first fight he won, though, was he was successful with takedowns. A lot of that market seemed contingent on the fact that Lima's knee was compromised in that first fight. This one, he couldn't do shit. 
to put Lima on the ground. Yeah, he didn't. Like, he couldn't get anywhere. He had two good attempts in the first round. He got two clean lifts on Douglas Lima and couldn't finish those takedowns. And that was pretty much the end of the fight. The rest of the fight, uh, Andre was he was way too concerned about fighting in the orthodox stance and eating low kicks. So he fought southpaw, and he just looked like a guy who doesn't train to fight southpaw a lot. It, it's tough. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've been training kickboxing for a really long time. When I go southpaw, I can't throw shit. Like everything's just topsy turvy. It's a really it's it takes true mastery of your body i was honestly marcus third third fight between the guys you kind of hope that he knew what he was getting into at this point but like yeah he didn't have an idea of what because he's a good striker like he picked benson henderson apart for 25 minutes yeah. on the feet but, but you make him switch stances and there's nothing there he went he went orthodox he ate a low kick and he's like nope going back to southpaw so it, it was an unfortunate fight but you know obviously douglas lima did end it um, he finished it in the fifth with a brutal rear naked choke. You could tell right when he got that choke in, like, this guy's not tapping. Like, you see him go out, and I'm like, dude, you got to stop this fight because this guy's not going to tap. He's unconscious right now. So it was a big win for Douglas. It just wasn't the most exciting thing in the world, but um, he really solidified himself. And he's in this tournament, right? He's going to advance. He got a bottle of champagne from 50 Cent, which he did not want to drink. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> he was not going to drink that bottle of champagne. It was just like he like everybody in the arena saw him like grab it and kind of just put it like he was in a locker. He just put it on his chair. Well, Fifty <laughs> Cent like, did the whole you know popping the cork and so it went everywhere. And then he gives it to Douglas. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna drink this. I'm just gonna put it down." And they're like, "The camera's still on you, bro. You gotta take a swig." And he picked it up. He's like, "I'm not gonna drink this. Just cut away." And then awkward cut away. It was it was interesting to say the least. But. Um, the Carrie Melendez fight was okay. Um, she won. The other girl had a real grappling heavy, grappling heavy offense. We can skip that quite yeah. frankly. Aaron Pico is the fucking truth. He looks okay? great. Aaron Pico is... I don't know if people know Leandro Higo as well as they should. He's a very good fighter. And Aaron Pico... Woo! Marcus, this guy, like... I was disappointed in Big John McCarthy not breaking up the fact that, like, him and the Pitbull brother was were, were, jarring, were jawing at each other at the end because I'm like, yeah, let's see. Let, let's see him fight the Pitbull brother for the belt. I'm yeah, ready. They didn't, they didn't really <laughs> set that up. But, I mean, we talked about it last week. This was a huge step up in competition for Aaron Pico. Someone, I mean, we know he his wrestling credentials are top-notch, but this was a guy who was 2-1, and one, and uh, Higo was, I mean, I don't I remember. Think he was 3-1, was wasn't he? That's 2-1? and one? He's only 2-1? and one? I thought he was 2-1. and one. Maybe he was 3-1, and one, but, I mean, uh, under five fights, right? Yeah. And Leandro was a guy who just fought for the belt. He's a seasoned veteran who is, I mean, just just – the level of competition just really shot up here. And Pico answered that, answered that call like a fucking pro. Like like the prodigy we all thought he was when he first started here. His hands have really, have really caught up. I mean, it's really astounding to look at this guy as a wrestler that now is just, his hands are so fast and so deadly. And I love this kid goes to the fucking body. He's doing it all. He's got Freddie Roach in his corner. You can really tell that. Dude, that corner. What the fuck? It was Freddie Roach. Uh, fucking Bob master Cook. of the takedown, goddamn Antonio McKee, McKee yeah. and like actually like him and uh, what's his name, our teammates, I guess him and AJ McKee, the Bellator. I mean, I was pointing it out to you in the show, like these Coker guys, maybe they're starting to pay off actually, because he's finally like, whew. yeah, it's he one of the things you can look at Coker's promotions, and while he does, you know, snip away people from the UFC, and he gets the big names like we saw Jackson and Rory McDonald, Vanderlei. But he, he also has a knack for finding young, young talent and growing it. And, you know, sometimes we're critical of that when we talk about MVP, not getting those big jumps in competition that we think he's ready for. But there's a number of guys now that we've seen him kind of 
mature and grow. And Aaron Pico is probably the, the most shining example of that. And it didn't go well, right? He has first fight. He got knocked out very quick. And we all thought like, oh, maybe the hype wasn't deserved. But as we've, as we often learn over and over again in MMA, guys are going to lose fights. There's just too many variables to have, you know, an undefeated record. And that's why the Habibs of the world have to be given credit um, because there's so many things that can go wrong in there. And, you know, when you get a loss, it doesn't mean that you're garbage and you can't come back. You know, it means you, you got caught. You have to tighten up some aspects of your game. But Aaron Pico has done that to a T. He looks like a completely different fighter. And he's someone that I think is ready. You know, Bobby, we were talking about him jawing at Pitbull. And, you know, it's one. I think it's one of the shortcomings of Bellator and Skocker Promotions. They don't set up the future well. They kind of just focus on this event tonight, these fights. They don't really put all the pieces in play for other fights. It, it, the only time they do that is when they have a tournament. But um, that's a fight that I think we're going to see soon. It's Breaking be- news coming in today, just now. Uh, blessed MMA, known as uh, on Twitter, a.k.a. Max Holloway, is going to defend his featherweight championship of the world against T-City Brian Ortega in Toronto, UFC 231, December 8th. Mm, Um, That's, I'm I'm still bummed I didn't get to see that. I was so hyped for that, man. Brian Ortega looked good walking around the Caesars Palace. He had a nice suit, too. Um, Stefan, did you take take T-City? Yes, I was riding a hot streak of making ballsy championship picks. Um... Anything else happened on this Bellator card? Pico's fucking awesome. Stefan, did you see any of this by chance? I haven't asked you anything, but... Uh, I saw none of this. Um, And Aaron Pico is not legitimate till he avenges his Zach Freeman lost. He's Uh, got to it back. Um, Worth mentioning also, uh, our boy Adam Piccolotti went out there against James Terry. Who was the guy who came out to to Tyron Woodley's song? That was James Terry. James Terry came out to Tyron Woodley. I don't know why, but he did. I'm gonna beat your. I'm gonna beat did your you, ass song. Uh, guys, officially ever talk about it on the shows I missed? Mike did, didn't you, Mike? His song. I think we did. I can't remember. I think we talked about it. Yeah. 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 You have I, a thought did, on it? Did you like it? Because outside of it being its meme value. It's a pretty bad song, in my opinion. I mean, he, I, t- okay. I told Bobby when, when we listened to it, it's like, he's not really rapping. He's kind of just talking over the beats, which is, I mean, look, I don't expect Tyrone Worley to be, like, spitting sick bars or anything. So I wasn't too shocked when it wasn't, like, this dude's just burning it up on the mic. He basically just talking about, I'm going to kick that ass and do that thing. And it's just like, all right, that's that's fine. I mean, I'm I mean, it, I feel it could have been I feel it could have been so much worse. This is like, that's we, had, we had G and a G. I remember that shit, right? Okay. Oh, I like that already a lot. Okay. That was, uh, what's his face, right? That was the, the Gracie cat. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Casey, right? Yeah. No, he had, well, he had one Gracie on there rapping with him, I thought, though. Sure, why not? That was, yeah. I, I'm just saying, it could have it could have been so much worse. Um, yeah. Okay. Real talk, though. The, the Bellator needs to not send it back to the fucking desk um, between every fight. The show went long. And I mean this sincerely because I was telling Mark this. If we have committed financially to this event, okay, meaning it's a subscription thing in this case or a pay-per-view, I don't need to be, we don't need to go to the desk every time to like teach me what's happening here because I have committed to watching this, okay? This isn't just me flipping channels and I accidentally got here. Nobody accidentally watched Bellator on DAZN. Bellator on Paramount, okay, someone accidentally watched it. Fox Sports 1, maybe you accidentally landed on the UFC. If you have separated Money, if you have entered your credit card information for a subscription-based service like this or a pay-per-view, let's just get these fucking fights going. All right? 
because they kept going back to the desk. You saw it every fucking fight, and I was like, come on, man. Yeah. We got to get going. Th just the last thing, because I know we're going long, but uh, it's just being in the audience when they're doing the prelim fights. And, I mean, we've been there with Mike and Steph, and I think for the UFC, it's pretty close. But, like, they just bust those fights out so quick. As soon as the, the last fight is done and those guys are outside of the cage, the other fighters are already walking in. You know, it's a little unceremony. The guys don't get much of a walkout entrance. They do have their own song play, and they got to walk out to. There's no power technics, but it's just like that quickness of just like, this fight ends, let's go to the next one. It's so pleasurable just to have that constant like, okay, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. And then when you go to the main card and you have a fight, even if it's exciting, and then you're just in the audience sitting for 15, 20 minutes like, are we even close? They're cutting back to the desk. They're cutting to, you know, and it's just the pacing was really tough being in the audience. You know, at home, they're getting all these video packages. But when you're in the audience, I mean, you get some video packages, but sometimes they play the same shit like two or three times. It's like, dude, I'm tired. I've been I mean, here for eight hours. Dude, honestly, even like like what, when you watch UFC shows, like, I mean, it's I watch these Fox, one, Fox Sports 1 stuff. I'm like, I don't need to hear from Karen and Woodley right now, man. Like, I'm good. Let's get to, it. We are. There's three fights left. It's already 1030 p.m. Let's fucking go. Let's exactly. make this happen. We honestly, we would have been there a lot longer if it, the main event went the way you and I thought it was going to go. Because we both thought that main event was going to take the entire time, basically. And there was a real chance Quentin and Vanderlei was going to end up being just, you know, some tired dudes looking at if each other. Far, if we <laughs> stayed for the postlums, we would have been there to like one o'clock. They had three more fights. They all went to the decision. <laughs> That's, if you're one of those post limb fights and your family's still thereafter, give them a round of applause because that's yeah. night. That was a long yeah, uh, and then the crowd showed up early too. There was a good number of people in there. Um, it wasn't full though. Uh, what do we guess about seventy five percent? The arena. Yeah, yeah, there's upper yeah. seats and even the mid middle tier had some empty seats here and there, but a, a pretty good turnout. Okay, we're whew, okay. Let's do. Uh, do we hit everything? Let's do stuff we like. Um. Let's go to Stefan first. Um, I mean, we're running long. I'll keep it short. Uh, I got a new car. I got a Mazda CX-5. It's really fucking nice. My car was 11 years old, so everything seems really nice. Um, I wanted to talk about it. Uh, I'll save it for another time. I'll just mention it. I saw that uh, indie movie Searching with uh, John Cho. That is a fun little mystery thriller. What's okay? Fair enough. Oh, it's the movie. Uh, you might have seen a trailer for it if you know who John Cho is. He is Harold of Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Um, but basically, he's a single dad. Um, he his daughter goes missing, and it's just the search to kind of just Wait, figure out what the hell happened. Didn't somebody? Didn't one of us talk about this? How this is uh, like uh, what's the name of the Liam Neeson movie? It, it it rings like it's taken. It is not like taken. Except he doesn't actually do anything. He's not. He's did, not a. Did did, it, did somebody told us about that? Someone described the movie literally as like taken if he didn't do anything. He's not a fucking yeah <laughs> random superhero. No, he's who, who who's Mike. A that wasn't army. you. I don't think it was me. Okay, so I don't know. Someone someone literally described the movie to me like that. Um, more or less. It's, it's again. It's it's a more realistic take on kind of a mystery thriller. It's kind of gimmick is everything is seemingly shot through like FaceTime videos, like chat boxes, like webcams. And so it's kind of got like everything through the vantage of a some type of screen device. Somebody said this once to me. I forgot who it was anyway. All right. So searching. It's rec recommended by Steph here. Um, Mike, what do you got, brother? Sadly, this last week, I have not been uh, purveying Netflix and Hulu and all of those other sites as I normally do. 
So frankly, I don't really have anything this week new that I like. My, you paying for Hulu right it, now? I pay for all of them, man. Oh, I stopped paying for Hulu after I got YouTube TV because I figured I'll just leave here. That's how I catch up on This Is Us. And uh, just a little pro tip for This Is Us. Um, don't watch any of those episodes during your lunch break at work because shit, you may have to leave the room and cry. That's what I heard about that show. It's a real, it's a real tearjerker. I've never actually seen tearjerker it. Tearjerker? No, mother effort. I guess one thing I could say that I like is uh, the new season of The Good Doctor started last week. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, that is a show on on ABC. It's Thymore, who I think first shots of fame in that Peter Pan movie with Johnny Depp. Uh, and then he was also uh, Norman Bates in the Bates uh, Motel, and now he plays an autistic surgeon. Uh, second season just came out last week. It's pretty good. You guys should give it a shot. Right on. Oh, real quick before we go to Mark here, I have a wa- I watched actual watched like an entire Niner game, which was a mistake. I saw a lot of CBS commercials. There's a show called God Friended Me. Anybody else saw this? It's a, I've seen it- that. That that is a real show. A guy gets friended by God on Facebook, and then he goes on quests. I can't believe it's real. Sorry, I was I about, I, I, I I thought it was a joke the first two times. About, how about this for a joke? And you can't believe this is real. They brought back Murphy Brown. Oof, I mean, I don't bring anything back. Someone asked Ted Danson if they want to bring back Cheers. I'm like, aren't those motherfuckers all dead? Like, what, what are Dan- we doing? Ted Danson's on a show with Kristen Bell. Yeah, Ted, Dan- Ted Danson don't look young. <laughs> okay. Um, I watched that. I don't have a review of it. Marcus, what do you got? <laughs> um, yeah, I want just a couple of really short things. So we talked about them before. I watched a little bit more of My Hero Academia season two. That's been a good yeah. time. I wanted to recommend to Mike, since you have Hulu, give Steven Universe a shot, because that's a good show. Um, but I did, and, you know, hey, also shout out to Mike. Uh, today, right now, um, Mega Man 11 is hitting uh, PS4, Xbox One, uh, Switch, all that good stuff. Um, and besides that, I was just going to mention I finished Spider-Man. I love that a lot. I've been, I think I talked about it last week. I've just been consuming uh, Spider-Man related materials. I bought the stupid prequel novel that was that came up before the game. I bought the stupid art book. Uh, I'm just completely smitten by that game. I really enjoyed uh, my time with it and looking forward to the DLC coming out. Um, other than that, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think if you buy a special edition of it, you can actually play it this uh, Friday. Reviews came out for it today and it's been really good. Um, and then I want to mention kind of a, a game that I heard a lot about came out a couple weeks ago, but I kind of passed on it until this weekend. Um, this game called The Messenger, it's an indie game that's on PS4, Switch, PC, all that stuff. Um, I really kind of passed on it because I heard that it was, it starts out like a Ninja Gaiden game where it's very linear uh, stage-based levels. And then the kind of twist, spoiler if you don't want, you know, uh, The Messenger spoiled for you, it, it slowly becomes a Metroidvania type game. And there had been so many great indie Metroidvania games in the last couple weeks that I've played and i was just kind of over the genre um it was on sale on the e-store on switch i was like hey you know what i heard really good things about it um and i've really been enjoying it um much more so than i thought of of all the metroidvania games i've played so far even though i haven't even gotten to that point of the game i've been really surprised even knowing that people have really been enjoying the messenger just how good that game is um very self-aware very 
uh, good humor, but solid gameplay too. So yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out. Uh, real quick, a couple other fights got announced for that UFC 231 card. Uh, Jimmy Manoa and uh, Tiago Santos are actually going to have their fight this time. Oh, okay. Um, and man loves to fight. Eric Anders got another fight. Jesus, Eric Anders, he's got his ass yeah, kicked in that fight. He just, now he didn't. That was okay. Yeah, I mean, that was that was fun. Maybe he watching that. Kicked, but he just lost. From that was a real. He just yeah. He's gonna take. Um, is Eric Anders the only Filipino in the UFC right now? Stefan, help me out. <laughs> I feel like there's a light guy down there somewhere. You just go just playing the odds there. You know, you know <laughs> they have those fighters that only show up when they actually are in Asia. There's there's yeah, one yeah. in there. Uh, Eric Anders is gonna take on Elias Theodoro. Um, I like that fight. That's cool. That's not bad. That just seems like a good fight. That's, you know, get some good, you know. I mean, Eric Anders is still pretty young, though, I think. There's still, you know, he can still grow as who he is. Eric, he's uh, not uh, done. Yeah, yeah Elias Theodoro is just like, he's a good journeyman. He's one of those guys going up with like 17 UFC fights when he retires, you know. Um, Brian Ortega did point out the, the homies um, aren't going to be able to come to his fight. Because it's hard to get into Canada. Because a lot of his his homies have a back. Oh, apparently, Claudia Gadelia versus Nina Ansaroff is happening. Um, did they announce? Okay. Joanna Yanjacek versus Valentina Shevchenko. That's happening, I guess. All right. A lot of stuff happened while we recorded this podcast. I didn't know that shit was even official. Um, I can't wait to pick against Joanna Yanjacek. <laughs> I, I, I think I might have picked her to beat Rose in the second fight, too. Uh, maybe I didn't. That might have been dumb. Um, all right, guys. It's Connor Fight Week. Yeah. It's been a long show. Hope you appreciated it. We had a good time doing this. At least I did. Um, Connor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov, God willing. Um, I think that's why we can't get Saturday. too excited yet. This is like, it can still fall through. That's my, I'm literally just like, because Khabib today said he's 166 pounds. So I'm just sitting there like, all right, so he definitely lied. So how much does he actually weigh? All right? Like, it can't less than 170 right hopefully less than 170 um all right guys thank you all for listening as i mentioned we will be back next week someone know if there's a card next week i closed all my shit i have no idea yeah, we'll find there, out next week with there us. is not a card next week all right guys thanks for listening and peace out yeah peace